Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're located in the world. This is Mitch Danzis, better known to you as the Hungry Uncle. And today I have the great pleasure of sitting down with Nick Andersh, who is the proprietor of Meat Wagon Barbecue Food Truck and Catering, based out of the greater Philadelphia region. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. I'd like to start off uh, by asking a little bit about your background. How did you get into kind of the food industry in general and more specifically barbecue? What happened that made you say, hey, I want to be a food guy and I really want to be a barbecue guy? Um, basically, uh, my whole life I've worked in the restaurant business. I was a busboy, uh, I was a waiter, uh, dishwasher, and then, you know, me cook at a deli. And uh, so, you know, I've also had my mom cooking at home, everything from scratch. So um, I've been around cooking my whole life. I've been around food my whole life. And mom was a waitress and a bartender as well. So, um, you know, me spending many hours at the restaurants, even when I wasn't working, um, it was just a normal thing for every day for me. Uh, so basically it just came natural to me to learn to cook. And, uh, you know, it didn't, it, it, it didn't come to me until I was in my 20s, later 20s, I should say. And, uh, you know, uh, I didn't really enjoy it. It was more because I came home to a cook meal every night. So, mm -hmm. you know, once I started having to cook on my own, um, I realized actually how simple it is and then how fun it is because um, it's, uh, it's very uh, satisfying when people um, say your food's great. So once that started happening and people said your food's very good, very good, you know, I started getting into it more. Um, and then I touched on barbecue um, when um, I stumbled across a big green egg and what they are is, is, is a ceramic cooker and a friend actually owns a moving company and said, uh, you know, hey, I got this cooker that you were looking for and they only want 200 bucks for it. And I said, pick it up because they're a thousand dollar cooker. So once I practiced on that, I bombed a few briskets, burned ribs, <laughs> everything. Um, it's basically, uh, I just started picking it up and then from there I've been, you know, experimenting with my own recipes, my own rubs, and uh, just took off from there. Once, uh, once I won a very, very small competition, um, that's when I changed my mind and, uh, you know, said, I want a food truck, I want a food business, I want to go in business for myself and, uh, you know, give people the pleasure of eating my food. So, in other words, there was nothing as far as the barbecue that specifically came from home or some specific work experience. It wasn't that well, your mom actually, was making a lot of ribs, or maybe she was. I could be well, wrong. Well, actually, mom did make ribs, and, and my barbecue sauce is actually her recipe. And um, over the years, I've tweaked it a little bit here and there, tweaked it a little more. Um, it, the, the base is the, her original sauce. And... Um, after, I, I mean, I've added so many things such as agave and, uh, you know, chili powders to them and, uh, you know, just made my own. But hers is still the base to my sauce and everybody loved her ribs. So, you know, um, I've graduated from boiling ribs and baking them in the oven, which is how she used to do them, which they still came out very good. Um, but I like to do my stuff well and slow. So, No, it, it works. So really when you get back to the... To the uh the original inspiration, it was your mother, and you, you know, you gotta be nice, you're never too old or too young to be in trouble with your mother. Right. Or get a compliment if you happen to do something correct. Right. You know, give me your thoughts on what's happening with the uh, whole food scene. Obviously, it's in varying degrees in different areas of the country, but this whole greater 
Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut area, which has such rich soil and you can, you can grow a lot of great produce. And there's still a lot of small farms here producing mm -hmm. great quality meat product. Mm -hmm. Where do you see things going? I mean, do you see this as being a positive? Did this have anything to do with it driving this you know, higher quality food truck scene because we had spoken in the well, past yes. that there were always kind of the sandwich shop type food trucks making the egg and cheese sandwich or the tuna sandwich. And right, right. How do you think this contributed at all to the gourmet food truck scene, which you're clearly a part of? Well, basically, um, you know, these, these food trucks are putting out um, just as good, if not better, than high class restaurants. Um, it's a, it's a misconception that these food shops are uh, cheaper to run. Um, sometimes they're much more expensive to run. However, um, these guys are putting out um, food shops, uh, uh, gourmet food on, you know, uh, and they're, they're putting more quality food out. Um, in order to do that, you have to find your locally sourced uh, produce and uh, all of your locally sourced meats. Um, a lot of people are using grass-fed beef or, you know, um, you know, uh, humane ways of purchasing, uh, or uh, humane... Um, Humanely raised. Right, right. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm seeing a positive shift to that. Um, we do look into it, and uh, we do we do uh, focus on um, using uh, locally sourced uh, produce and all. And, uh, you know, um, I think it, it, it impacts because uh, the food tastes better. Um, hothouse tomatoes or, you know, even greenhouse anything is not going to be nearly as good as um, something that's grown on a farm, um, you know, naturally. Yeah, tomatoes taste like tomatoes. Cucumbers taste like cucumbers. Locally raised animal protein isn't loaded with growth hormones, antibiotics, and all kinds of other stuff that you really wouldn't want to put in your body on, on the worst day. And I agree with you. It makes a huge taste, a huge difference in the taste, and it's much better for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, spend a few minutes telling me about what you're doing specifically with your food trucks, some of the different dishes you're preparing, what you see as the immediate future, what your longer-term plans are for the food truck. Well, um, that's, uh, I could talk a half hour for about that. Um, but basically, uh, the plans for the truck are, this is our first year, so um, we're at the trial and error stage. Um, basically, we've been going to a lot of events and just trying them out and seeing whether we want to do them next year or if we want to move on and try different events. Um, we're trying anything and everything. Um, we went from flea markets to uh, very small flea markets to um, things such as next week we're doing the Wawa Welcome America Parade, um, which is on the Parkway at the Art Museum. There's going to be over a million people there. That's in um, Philadelphia. Yeah. So, you know, um, so basically, you know, we're just trying to get bigger and uh, we're doing very well. We're getting a lot of great reviews and, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to become a, a part of this big movement, which is food trucks. And, um, you know, um, the catering, uh, the, the, the festivals, everything, it's all such fun. You know, we're having a good time while we're doing it. And, uh, you know, um, who can uh, go to a beer festival and call it work? You know. It's a great thing when you love what you're doing and uh, it's not work. And what could be better than barbecue and beer? Right. And that's your job. Exactly. It's a pretty good deal. Yes, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about some of the specific things you're preparing for your truck, from the, the ribs and pulled pork, the brisket, all of which I've had the pleasure of eating. I will tell you they're fabulous. But uh, give us the insight without giving away too many of your uh, 
Oh, Secrets. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I'm, I'm always, you know, in open arms to teach anybody barbecue. Um, it's a rather simple process. However, it is very labor intensive. Um, every morning we have to wake up at 4 a.m. to throw our ribs and our chicken on for that day's service. Um, the ribs take about four hours, four and a half hours, and they're all everything that we do is dry rubbed. And we serve everything dry rubbed or in its natural au jus. Mm-hmm. And um, the au jus is basically your fat and your, your proteins, and they're, they're going to give it a lot of flavor. So it's all the, dri- all the drippings from the yes. meat while it's slow cooking. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, what we cook on is a Southern Pride cooker, and it's a self-basting system. So it runs on a, uh, on a rotisserie. So all the drippings are falling on the, on the uh, pieces below, and it's basting everything on its own. Um, for, we, we mainly do ribs, chicken, pulled pork, and uh, brisket. Uh, those are our four major meats. We do dabble a little bit in sausage. Um, we've been working on our own sausage recipe from the trimmings that we do from uh, the fat trimmings of beef and, uh, and pork. But we still haven't gotten that down just exactly yet. But for ribs, we do uh, their four hours, low and slow. And chicken usually goes on right after the ribs come off. Um, Pork takes about 12 hours, so that's on the night before. And briskets about 12 to 14 hours as well. Um, we use all different types of competition rubs. Uh, we've basically found the two rubs that we like to use interchangeably with the pork and, and uh, chicken. And then the beef brisket gets its own signature rub uh, that's very, very popular on the barbecue circuit right now. And, uh, you know, um, the sauce, that's our secret weapon too. Yeah, it's now a question. When you cook these low and slow and you put your rubs on, is there smoking involved in the process? Yes, absolutely. There's, there's going to be a steady stream of smoke um, for the first four to five hours for a brisket or uh, pork. And then we're going we're gonna to do what we call the Texas crotch and we're going to boil them. Um, I cook everything in um, right on the racks and then after about five hours, six hours, it's basically every piece of meat's different. So whenever it gets to my desired color, I'm going to wrap that in foil, and then it's going to go back on the cooker. What happens with that is it's going to it's going to um, basically steam itself, and it makes the cooking process a few hours faster. So um, it also makes it very very tender. Um, you will have a much more moist piece of meat after you're done with the Texas Cut method. So. It's interesting. In, in in some ways, it's similar to when you're braising something in a Dutch oven mm-hmm. and cook it. That's actually when I make my pulled pork. I do it at a very low temperature, mm-hmm. maybe 250 for about five to six hours mm-hmm. in a Dutch oven. It's not smoked, so it's not barbecue right. in the right, traditional right, U.S. Right. Southern sense, but it's that same slow cooking effect where it comes out very moist and yeah. nothing in the world worse than a piece of meat that has great flavor, but yeah. has the texture of shoe leather and mm-hmm. and I think that's where some of the guys do fall down. You taste barbecue, said the sauce is good, right. smoke is good, there's a nice bark on it. Mm-hmm. But the meat is very dry and certainly you don't have that issue. I mean right. I, I can Correct. say from eating it it was kind of fall off the bone tender. Yep, yep. And uh that's the the biggest challenge is holding the meat and to be able to serve that 
very moist four hours after it comes off the cooker, six hours after it comes off the cooker. We have different ways that we, you know, uh, use to preserve those meats so that the, the moisture gets locked in and, you know, we can serve them six hours, ten hours later. So um, it's, uh, it took a lot of trial and error. There's, like I said, many burn briskets and many dry briskets before we got to where we are now. But, um, you know, I'm always willing to teach anybody and it's, uh, it, was, it was a very, very uh, important learning skill to be able to make this business happen. So. Certainly a lot of a trial and error in anything that you do. Now, shifting gears for a second, how do you explain what at least seems to me to be, I don't want to say an explosion, but significant growth in this part of the country of barbecue? You could always get barbecue or what people sort of thought was barbecue, you know, going to national rib chains, right. which I guess had their place, but certainly not what you're doing, not pure, real Southern American barbecue, whether it's a Carolina style or a Texas style. Mm -hmm. But how do you explain all the barbecue that has seemed to move in to the Northeast and the Mid-Atlantic? I mean, you go to food truck festivals now, events. There's always one or two really good barbecue guys. Mm -hmm. So what do you think was driving that? What do you think made that happen? Well, I think uh, the social media and TV, reality TV. Um, you're seeing a lot of these, um, like two years ago, poker was really, really big because they had the poker on TV and everything. Everybody wanted to play poker. They thought they were a poker champion. And uh, basically that's the same thing with barbecue, I think. You know, the... the, the uh, uh, the TV shows are driving it, and everybody wants to think take their step from backyard barbecuing to competition barbecue. And once they think they're good enough, they open up a, their own barbecue truck trailer business. And that's basically how I got started, but a few years before the whole boom. And you're, we saw, you know, a few years ago there was say a couple hundred teams for the KCBS barbecue in this area. Mm -hmm. And then now you're seeing a couple thousand teams in the area. So it's exploded over the years. Um, I would say in the last two, three years, it's really, really exploded. Um, finding good barbecue is, you know, very, very difficult. Um, everybody has their own way and we're very, very stubborn. So we don't want to take uh, direction from other people. And, you know, our way is the right way. That's the only thing. Of course. And, and food me, people, when you come down to it, are artists. Yeah, yeah. It's art with food. And yeah. an artist never likes to be told what to do. And an yeah. artist always has their individual and natural expression. So yeah. it makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. But um, anybody is a barbecuer. Um, as long as anything's cooked over wood or hot coals, um, that's what barbecue is. It's, it means it's cooked over a natural fire. And, um, you know, anything can be called barbecue. Um, kebabs even are considered barbecue at some point. You know, um, traditional barbecue we do, which is, you know, Texas roots is, uh, is what we consider our barbecue. So you would say you're more Texas style and based as opposed to Carolinas or maybe like a St. Louis Midwestern type barbecue, which are all great traditions, but they're very different, especially yes. when it comes to the sauces. Some are vinegar based, some are ketchup based, yes. some are mustard based. And I catch a lot of heat still from it. And so we basically, you know, um, we have a molasses based sauce, we have a vinegar based sauce, we have a ketchup based sauce, um, just to try to satisfy all of the different regions. 
it's very hard because they're very, very picky. If, you, if they're from Kansas City, they're going to want to see a specific flavor. Um, Texas doesn't really use very much sauce. They're big brisket eaters, so they want their stuff natural, dry rubbed with salt and pepper. And they think if you can make a sweet, good brisket out of just using salt and pepper, then you're a genius. Um, you so, let the flavor of the meat yes, speak for exactly. Itself. You know, um, and it really upsets me when I see somebody take a lot of sauce and just dump it all over their sandwich, and you know, it just masks the meat, it masks the flavor, it masks the smoke, and you know, you're not getting, you're just basically eating a sandwich with sauce on it, and uh, you know, um, I put a couple drops if that, but most of my sandwiches, I don't, I want to eat just the sandwich and taste the meat. Well, if you want to eat a sauce sandwich, you can always go pick up that thing they call the McRib. Yes, yes. And drown it in as much very, <laughs> spicy sugar syrup as you want. It's and very funny that you mentioned that because um, we we have been working um, in the Sugar House Casino. And a lot in, of in Philadelphia. From, yes, yes, right on Delaware Avenue. It's uh, right on the river. It's a beautiful place. Um, a lot of people have been coming up to ask, do you have the McRib sandwich? I said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not McDonald's, <laughs> but I can put my ribs on a roll, and it actually turned out to be quite a hit. Uh, a lot of people are ordering ribs on a roll, so um, we did make it a sandwich, and uh, it's doing rather well. It's one of my better sellers, but our best sellers are chicken and pork, and then the brisket, which I believe is my best piece of meat that I cook. Um, just due to the cost that we have a lot of people that don't order it as much because, you know, um, typically at events they're $10 a sandwich and, uh, you know, um, people want the cheaper cuts such as chicken or pork. But if you really think about it, it may not be inexpensive in dollars for a sandwich, but it, it really is a great value because you're getting a large piece of tasty protein yes, and you, there's not a lot of filler here it's not loaded with lettuce or tomato or black beans or which are all fine but I think people need to put in proper perspective that barbecue is actually quite a good value yes absolutely you know um, we don't put anything on our sandwiches on our rolls except for the meat and um, it does well I mean uh, a lot of people have come and asked for cheddar cheese everything we don't even carry it um, only because we believe in authentic barbecue. And we actually did start straying away from authentic barbecue by putting it on a sandwich. If you go to Texas, you're gonna get a plate or even a tray, and you're gonna get a piece of butcher paper, and you're gonna get the meats and your sides all right on the tray. And you basically eat from the tray. Your bread is two shingles of white bread. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, it was great. Um, I wish I could do that, but being a food truck, being at the casino, they don't want dirty hands touching the machines. <laughs> so I got to put it on a sandwich roll, and that's how they can, you know, eat and play at the same time. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing with sides. You had brought up uh, sides, and I noticed that's also been another great evolution in barbecue and food yes. trucks in general. The quality of the sides are really taking on their own life and their own dimension. It's it's not just the old days of food trucks again. Coleslaw, they came in a big plastic container and had too right. much mayonnaise and a lot of sugar and salt and mm -hmm. it didn't taste very good. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing with your sides. Basics uh, for sides are, um, for catering we do different things and for, for the food trucks and events we do different things. Catering, we're, um, we're making everything from scratch. Uh, my baked beans, uh, just one half pan alone, 
it's going to have up to almost a pound, a pound of bacon in it. Mm. And it's going to have a bunch of molasses. It's a molasses-based uh, Boston baked beans. Mm. And uh, I took uh, actually a recipe offline, started tweaking it a bit. About a year later, I came out with awesome beans. Um, we do a coleslaw. Um, I actually learned this recipe when I used to work at, at a bar as a, as a dishwasher. And they had me start prepping all the sides. So I wound up making that. Um, added my secret, one of my secret ingredients, which is celery salt, and uh, that just gave it that explosion that it needed to to make a very, very good uh, coleslaw. Um, for um, we do baked bean coleslaw, we do a potato salad, and one of the guys I hired, Sean, he actually had this recipe, and once I chatted, I said we're going to scratch mine and we're going to use yours from now on. Um, Corn on the cobs, basic. We try to get it from Jersey because yeah. Jersey has the best corn in the country. Yeah, Jersey has the best corn anywhere. I would agree with you. And uh, what else do we do? We do um, we do atomic buffalo turds too. Basically, what that is is a half jalapeno, and it's uh, it's hollowed out. We fill it with cream cheese, and you can either put a smoky sausage or pork, um, anything you want, really, piece of brisket, and you wrap it in bacon, smoke it for about three hours, you're going to get like this uh, delicious, not hot, people think it's hot, but it's not, um, pepper with cream cheese and everything just melts and flows together, it's just so delicious. Um, that's that sounds fabulous, and there, there's always a misconception about jalapenos, they're obviously not sweet. But the thing about jalapenos, the heat lasts for a long time. They're yeah. far hotter peppers than jalapenos, but jalapenos, yeah. the heat strings itself out. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a good heat. It's not overwhelming. Yes, you can yes. still taste and the food. Once in the smoker, um, the, the, a lot of the heat cooks out. So, you know, you will feel it on your lip a little bit, but you're not going to be running for the milk or the bread or anything like that once it's been sitting cooking for quite a while. Could run for the beer. Yes, absolutely. Always. A question, getting back to your coleslaw and potato salad, are yours more of a mayonnaise base, a vinegar base, or kind of a combination of something special that you've come up with? The coleslaw is uh, vinegar and mayo based. Um, and the potato salad, I've actually, it, it is mayo. Um, it's mayo based with, uh, it's gonna be more of a yellow color. Sean does add uh, mustard into it as well. Um, he chops up peppers. Um, he also adds uh, occasionally for he adds for catering eggs um, if requested. He has peppers, red peppers, green peppers. I've never actually asked him his recipe. I've left it in his hands. Um, he <laughs> you has, trust has, your guys? Yes, yes, absolutely. That's the biggest part about business is you have to be able to trust your employees. Um, but uh, yeah, most of these sides are gonna be uh, mayo-based for us for, for coleslaw and potato salad. Um, the baked beans are molasses-based, which are just, oh my God, um, every time. That's, I a, that's them, a classic, molasses yeah. baked beans. You can't yeah. get any better than that. I uh, even, I, I surprise myself every time with them too. And I, I throw them in the fridge and eat them the next day and they're even better actually, so. As you're continuing to evolve with your food truck and you're experimenting more and kind of stretching the boundaries of barbecue a bit. What do you think you have coming up? Is there anything you can hint at? Anything you can tell me where you're saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be wow. a little transformational in barbecue, barbecue taken in a new direction? 
Well, I'm more of a traditionalist. I really, really do want my own barbecue joint. And what I want is a bourbon barbecue bar. Um, see, when I was in Texas and Austin, to be specific, which is the barbecue capital of the world, and you would go into a bar or a barbecue restaurant and you would, you would have something to do. You weren't just sitting like, and I could never go into a bar or a restaurant or anything and just sit there and wait for my food. Um, whether it be pool tables, but there were some places that we went to that you were hanging out outside until your food was ready, playing, you know, beanbag toss or something. So I want to be able to build a bourbon bar with top shelf bourbons and other alcohols as well, but bourbon goes great with barbecue um, and craft beer as well. Um, but you'll also have something to do, whether it's just a little game or, and while waiting for your food. And, uh, you know, um, also we've considered just a small takeout as well um, to be able to, we're making all this food and we have to have a commercial kitchen as it is, so we might as well serve from our commercial kitchen. So that'll probably be our next step, which is, you know, just a small takeout place and then build up to the bourbon bar and we're going to call it the bourbon barbecue. So uh, we'll see where we come with that, but um, they're very expensive for liquor licenses. So we have to start somewhere. We figured we'd start with the food truck. And um, the greatest thing about that is if it doesn't work out in one area, we can just pick up and leave tomorrow and try a new area out. Well, that's, that's a good philosophy. You have something that's portable. Yes. And you're right. If one market doesn't work out, you move to the next one. Unlike if you're invested in a restaurant, mm -hmm. especially if you've invested in a liquor license. Yes. And especially if it's in New Jersey where they're traded commodities that mm -hmm. go for up to a million dollars. Mm -hmm. You don't have that same safety net. And it's certainly a nice thing to have when you're mm -hmm. getting a business off the ground. It seems to me what you really want to do, you're a, you said you're a barbecue traditionalist. Mm -hmm. And you want to focus on making the best traditional more or less Texas-style barbecue you can, yes. and just take that product to a new levels without going too far afield and creating things that might not be within that tradition. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot of guys out there that make amazing food. Uh, I've gotten the opportunity to try hundreds of chops over the years, and, you know, um, there are some guys that are making sandwiches with mac and cheese or some wild stuff on it. Um, I want to be able to have just a regular barbecue sandwich. Um, I think it sells the best. Uh, it, it appeals to the most people as well. If uh, they want to make a crazy sandwich, then they're more than welcome to with any sides that I sell. Um, it's not uncommon for people to ask for coleslaw on top of their um, pulled pork. That we have no problem doing. Um, I think it's delicious on top. Um, so there, you know, we have we have been having some requests to do some crazy things, but I think we'll stick to the basics and uh, and keep it, you know, good barbecue. And if they want to make their own creations, they're more than welcome to do so. Uh, nothing wrong with sticking to the traditional methods of Texas barbecue. Uh, you're doing it right. Yes. I think you're providing a great food product, and everybody. If you have the opportunity, go and check out Meat Wagon Barbecue. Meet Nick, meet his crew. Mm -hmm. You're in for a real treat. Well, Nick, I want to thank you again for spending some time with me today. Thank you. And everybody, go get some barbecue. Yes, hope to see you guys soon.